G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. I was heading home. I walked out of the school gates and was about to uh, head up to the pedestrian crossing and I only took one step out the road and I was knocked to the ground and I looked down at my foot and my foot was a mess and I then realised I'd been hit by this truck and uh, it had run over my foot. It was fully loaded with sand. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. An inspiring one for you today from Steve Wilson. At the age of 12, Steve had the lower half of his legs amputated. And of course, this would be a major setback for anyone. But he's gone on to have some amazing achievements in his life. We'll find out his incredible journey of overcoming and resiliency today on The Story. Steve Wilson is chatting with Shelley Scullin. You have had a really interesting life, and I guess you're proof that God can make lemonade out of lemons and that you and your own determination as well. You've seen some pretty major setbacks in your life, but it's led you into avenues that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to minister in. Uh, You're a Paralympic medalist. Uh, You've been to Sydney, Athens and Beijing. You've received a Medal of the Order of Australia. You're a husband, a father to five kids, and you're the principal of Dolby Christian College. How do you fit it all in? Uh, I don't find it hard fitting it all in. <laughs> they all had their season, but uh, yeah. you're right. God's good and gracious, and um, I uh, I count my blessings every day. Yeah, I guess your life has seen some fairly big curveballs thrown. But let's go back to your early life. What were your hopes and your dreams for the future when you were a kid? Uh, I don't know that I had uh, great hopes and dreams. I uh, I had a great upbringing and um, I look back with fondness on all of my childhood Um, it was just uh, I was in a really stable Christian home and um, I had lots of opportunities and uh, so in terms of looking to the future I I, I don't know that I've ever been somebody that looks too far ahead Um, when I'm older and people say oh you know where where do you want to be I'm very much more well I'll, I'll hopefully be where um, God wants me to be and I want to be responsive to that. Um, so I, I've never really uh, held out big dreams. Um, so even in terms of sport and where I ended up, I, um, I loved sport as a child, but I don't know that I ever uh, thought about an end goal in sport. I think uh, I always tried to do my best wherever uh, I was. But yeah, no real um, definite dreams. Mm. Which is interesting, really, the fact that you have been thrown a few curveballs in your life. It's interesting that it was, I guess, maybe natural in your personality to just kind of roll with the punches then. Yeah, having said that, that was a big setback. I think uh, at the time of the accident, I was about 12, and um, I think a lot of my identity was caught up in sport and what I could do, and uh, I guess um, my sense of value... Uh, was that I could do sport well and, you know, in the playing fields and the schoolyard, um, that was really a bit of an identity. And um, 
So when I lost my leg and I was immediately thrown into that category of disabled, it uh, it was a big curveball and took me some time, I think, to really come to terms with it and to, I guess, redefine myself in some ways. Um, it was a case of almost uh, starting over again and I, was, I think I was probably lost for a little while. Mm. Yes, but it's gone on to define you again later in life as a Paralympian and a PE teacher and all the rest. Can you describe for us that moment that everything changed when you were 12? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was at a, a big private school in Sydney and uh, it was a Thursday afternoon and I was in the school athletics team and we were due to compete in the GPS All Schools on the Saturday and I just finished my last training session and I was heading home. I walked out of the school gates and was about to uh, head up to the pedestrian crossing uh, which was uh, to take me across a four-lane uh, highway. And the little uh, red man on the pedestrian crossing started to flash when I was still 30 metres from that crossing. And I made one of those split-second decisions to cross, knowing that I wouldn't get up there in time to cross at the lights. And uh, I was keen to get over because I had to catch a train, which I was late for. And I only took one step out in the road and I was um, knocked to the ground and at that point I thought I must have been pushed over by an older boy. I was only a little year seven, first year of high school. And um, so I went to gather myself and get up and go again, but um, I couldn't. And it was at that point that I looked down at my foot. Actually, I, I looked next to me as I lay on the ground. I saw a, uh, a leather school shoe uh, ripped in two. And I don't want to be gory, but I, I saw what I thought were plastic toes uh, next to that. And um, I thought, that's a bit odd. And um, I looked down at my foot, and my foot was a mess. Um, mm. And I then realised I'd been hit by this truck, and uh, it had run over my foot. It was fully loaded with sand. So I was rushed off to RPA, and later that night, they'd collected all the pieces and were hoping to uh, see if they could do anything with it. But later that night, they... Um, in the operating theatre, they made the decision to amputate. And so I lost my leg uh, mid-shin. And uh, so I woke up um, in a hospital room uh, all by myself with just my mother and father after all the uh, multitudes of doctors and nurses previous um, to going into theatre. And they had the job of telling me that I, uh, I'd lost my leg, which I couldn't believe initially. Mm. Um, but I poked a look in under there and sure enough, there was only one foot poking back at me. And um, that's a really odd experience um, to see that a body part's missing for the first time and you're, you're just hit with a permanency. And um, yeah, so that took some uh, shock uh, and, and getting over that night. And I think there is that period of grief and mourning for your lost body part, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'd been fairly accident prone and my, uh, my father's a doctor and so I'd go and get stitched up and broken bones mended. So I was kind of used to medical procedures. Um, but this one, I, I knew, and, and even going into the hospital, I, I didn't think I was uh, going to lose a leg. I just had that sense that, you know, you get fixed. And when I saw the absence of a foot, it, you know, I was smart enough to know, well, that ain't getting fixed.
Mm. Yeah. You're a father now to five kids. Uh, you just said about your parents having the, the task of telling you that you'd lost your foot. Do you feel for your parents now? What what would it be like for you as a father if you had to tell your own kids something like that? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm a bit um, I'm a bit of a softy, so I'd probably be a blubbering mess. Yeah, but um, my uh, I mean, my, my dad was very used to being a doctor himself. Um, he didn't want to tell me. Um, he said, "Have a good night's sleep. And we'll talk about it in the morning." Mm. And uh, I kept pestering him and said, "Come on, what what's going on?" So, you know, you can't run from the truth. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that there is that period of mourning and and I guess just recognising that you have not only lost a body part but I guess everything that it symbolises like the ability to walk in the short term and what it means for the rest of your life. At what point did you go, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to run and I'm going to go out and do all of these things? I I don't really recall a a particular point. Well, actually, I remember a time in my rehabilitation where I got really frustrated and angry. Um, I think part of it was was absolute ignorance. I didn't know what it meant to be an amputee. And initially I thought, I'm going to have to learn to read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I thought, I'm going to be in a wheelchair or something. I just didn't know. And um, then I remember they they made this plaster cast with with a pole on the end, with a foot on the end of that, just a really crude leg which I wasn't to put any weight on but I could get used to the idea of having something off my stump and I'd get around on crutches and by this time I was back home but I remember um, just getting really angry at being restrained by all of this and throwing the crutches and just walking on it and putting weight on it and um, I think uh, I think that was probably an indication that I was uh, not going to take sitting down easy. You're listening to The Story. Today we're hearing Paralympic gold medalist and current school principal Steve Wilson share his incredible journey. We'll be back with more soon. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen's conversation with Paralympian, gold medalist, and current school principal, Steve Wilson. Next, we'll hear how Steve became involved in competing in the Paralympics. Well, after I lost my leg at the age of 12, I think uh, my attitude, once I got a leg made and got up and mobile again, was you know what, I'm not disabled and um, I'll show you all. And uh, through school I just played able-bodied sport and I played to quite a high level still. And so I I really felt fairly whole. Um, people would be surprised at what I could do and, and so I never felt disabled once I got up and going again. Um, so the idea of actually being involved in disabled sport to me was, was quite a, a backward step. And for that reason I never looked for it, never pursued it. In fact, I, I knew nothing of it. And um, this continued until I was probably the age of about 25. 
and I by chance was reading the paper and saw that the 1996 Atlanta Paralympic game trials were uh, being held in Sydney and so I thought oh, I might go along and see what they're like so I went along to the track and saw guys like myself for the first time racing and the winner ran about 12 seconds and I thought oh these guys aren't just um, having therapy um, <laughs> they're actually good athletes and being the competitive type person I thought I could do that and I want to have a crack at that and so uh, yeah at the ripe old age of 25 I went off to my prosthetist and uh, said, listen, uh, can you make me a running leg? And so that's where it all started. I read a quote from you that says, I'm probably realistic enough to say I wouldn't be sprinting for my country if I hadn't lost my leg. And I guess that is part of it. You know, if you hadn't have lost your leg, then you wouldn't have ended up in that position that you were. You know, walking out into the arena in Sydney must have been a pretty incredible feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we... In the Paralympics, I guess we uh, we used to talk about um, big fish in small ponds. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I was always fairly grounded um, in terms of that. And interestingly, I don't think I would have even been interested in competing in the Paralympics for the sake of it. It was more the fact that I was running on my prosthetic and it was really my disability which I was having to use uh, to a great degree. I wasn't swimming or, or table tennis or something. Um, but, yeah, certainly uh, I was competitive and I, I really enjoyed just competing. But, it, yeah, it was a great um, opportunity and I, I think I'm just blessed, you know, that the thing that I, I was concerned was going to be my greatest weakness um, started becoming my biggest strength and opened so many doors and, um, yeah, I guess that's when you start realising too that maybe God had a reason in letting such bad things happen to you? Yeah, look, um, back in the hospital, I was visited by an old missionary uh, who had been a Christian principal, interestingly enough. <laughs> so my whole life story sort of uh, has these interesting connections, but he came in and he, he was what I thought the most boring visitor I'd had um, Whilst everybody was giving me chocolates and electronic games, he gave me a cross-stitch. And it's sitting behind me in my office now, um, which says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And at the time I thought, you know, that's an insult to give a 12-year-old boy a cross-stitch that your wife needed. Um, but one thing that he said to me was, Stephen, what's happened to you wasn't an accident. It's part of God's plan for your life. And uh, he, I think he was about the only one that actually spoke something of real significance into my life. Um, funny that I, I didn't appreciate it then, but it stuck with me. And I really believe it was uh, God uh, speaking to me at that time. And even though I wasn't really ready to hear it, um, it was the significant statement. But I, I think I left the hospital thinking, you know what, I'm not a victim here. Um, God's got a a pathway and a special plan for me and I need to hope in that and and wait on that. So, you know, some people would say, are you angry at God? And, and I go, no way. You know, uh, this is the special path that God put in my way and he's blessed me greatly. You have been given a lot of opportunities by the Paralympics. You've been to three separate Paralympics meets. 
Do you think they are catching on a bit more here in Australia? Is there getting to be more and more of a following? I think, I think with every Paralympics that I went to, it, it built more and more awareness. I think uh, in the early days, people didn't take it very seriously. I think it's almost gone full circle. I remember in the early days when I was running, people were just amazed at how fast I could run. And, but at the same time, they thought the level of competition, it was a bit Mickey Mouse. Mm. Um, I think with exposure with Oscar Pistorius and so on, I used to race Oscar. People now, I think, <laughs> I get the sense that when they, people see me run, they think I've got an unfair advantage now. So it's almost, for me, gone full circle that, um, yeah, so the awareness is certainly greater. I think people's appreciation through exposure to the games and, and different athletes has increased. Um, whether there's as much a, a following, I, I don't know. I think it, it's only seen it once every four years. But I think, I think the Australian public in general appreciates watching disabled people do well and compete at, at a high level and they, uh, they're appreciative of that. One of the things I love about the Paralympics is the underlying pro-life theme where you have the likes of yourself that have sustained an injury uh, through trauma, but then you also have those that have been born with a disability as well. And they're the ones that are out there still achieving some massive things. And it almost seems a bit counterintuitive in a lot of the commentaries and things around where people are saying, look at these amazing things that these Paralympians are achieving despite um, some of their physical disabilities, which I think is great and rightfully so. They should be saying things like like that but then on the other hand society is just coming out and saying you know if your baby has a problem then you should abort it um so i think it's really great that we have the likes of the paralympics that are really celebrating the great things that people with disabilities can still do yeah yeah absolutely um i uh i think when you look at disability uh, sometimes we define it in very set ways and certainly paralympics does that it categorizes everybody but the reality is that God's made us all unique and we've all got uh, different disabilities. Some are, are physical, um, some are not, but um, you know, no one is lesser because of their weaknesses and some have more hurdles to overcome. So, um, yeah, I think Paralympics is probably a good message in that despite whatever weaknesses you have, you can get in and make the most of things. Mm. Haven't actually mentioned this, but you have won two gold, one silver, and two bronze. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is no mean feat. It's absolutely amazing. You've also received a medal of the Order of Australia as well. But these days, you've turned your focus to the next generation. Why are you passionate about teaching kids? Um, I uh, well, where did where did it start? It, it actually started through my love of sport when I was uh, running. I, I thought I should do this sport thing um, more often and, and make it a bit more of my life. And I was giving talks in schools on road safety and I really enjoyed being able to speak into people's lives um, and talking about my accident. And I thought PE teaching, you know, that gives me an opportunity to, to speak to kids and to be part of their lives uh, and also to be involved in sports. So... Uh, that's how I got into PE teaching. From getting into PE teaching, I always thought I'd get into some elite school, uh, the type of school that I'd been to, all about sport. Uh, but God had other plans. He directed me into Christian education. And once I got into Christian education and, and started 
understanding what it was about, I became very passionate about kids and uh, the great power of education. And so uh, the, I guess I, I, uh, I really enjoyed being a PE teacher and then the opportunity to be a, a principal of a Christian school came along. And so I, uh, that opened up and I took that. And um, yeah, I, um, I just feel blessed that I've, I've got so much purpose in my life. In fact, one of the things I struggled with as a Christian athlete was actually coming to terms with what's this about? Why am I doing this? What's, what's the purpose? You know, it takes so much time, so much effort for what? I don't have those troubles anymore. <laughs> I, I just feel there's so much value in what I do. And so uh, I just think uh, the raising of children and, and what they're taught and how they're taught goes a long way to shaping them individually but also shaping our future as communities. Yeah, and I guess you're setting a great example too where it is very much a visual thing. I'm sure your students, they would know and they would probably see occasionally that there is a leg missing and it's that constant reminder for your students of how you can have weaknesses in life, you can have setbacks, but you can still get on and achieve great things. I think it's great that it's not just a reminder in their brain, but it's something that's very much in front of them every day. Yeah, I think certainly as a PE teacher, um, I was obviously wearing shorts all the time and I'd be yeah. running around and they really didn't have many excuses when it came to PE <laughs> because, um, you know, he was a one-leg guy um, doing everything. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly advantageous. And for the little kids, um, they're fascinated yeah. with the story and the leg and um, used to take my leg off and wave my stump around and they just <laughs> thought it was so cool. So it was a real icebreaker yeah. um, with young people. Yeah. yeah, and great to reduce that whole stigma of disability as well and educate them that, you know, things happen to people and it's all right, you can move on. Yeah. Are your own kids into sport? Yeah, yeah, they all love their sport. Um, they're keen on uh, on anything they can get their hands on, really. Uh, we play touch as a family. My three eldest kids and myself play uh, in a mixed team, uh, They but they love uh, cricket and uh, running and, and so on, so yeah. Very much a family event and, and a family love that you can spend great time doing together. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Steve. A really encouraging, I think, to, I guess, realise that it doesn't matter the things that do come into our life. We can continue to serve God in the same way or maybe in different ways to what we had originally planned. Uh, and God opens up new spheres and new avenues for us. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Steve, it's been really encouraging. Great. Thanks very much for having me. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Steve Wilson, school principal at Dolby Christian College in Queensland. And as we heard, Steve is also a Paralympian, a gold medalist, a husband and father to five children and actively involved in his community. Quite an amazing story of overcoming and resiliency. A good example for all of us when setbacks of all shapes and sizes come our way. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I sometimes ask questions that nobody's ever thought of, <laughs> and, and it's been very helpful, particularly in seeking for God. But I have to be honest, by the time I was sort of 14, 15 or 16, the theory that appealed to me most was the theory of evolution, because it was very evident to me, if I was just an animal, like this theory said, then I, John Mackay, could do whatever I liked. 
John Mackay is known as the creation guy and is the international director of creation research. So how did he go from an atheistic evolutionary point of view to believing in God, the maker and sustainer of the universe? We'll find out his story next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.